0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen,
3: welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweets. What's up everybody, welcome to another episode of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I am your host this week, the glad-handing Yes Man that's hosting when Steven's on holiday, the king of kayfabe, the modern-day Maha Rager, David Hockney. And this week we're discussing SmackDown. In the week in which SmackDown is currently on episode 998, in a couple of weeks it will be turning 1,000 episodes uh, old. So today we're going to look back at some of the very best moments from WWE SmackDown. So... With my panel, let's paint the town blue and introduce them. Up first, <laughs> we have a man who worships the rock as much as Scott likes big red monsters. It's the Scottish big dog, Alan mate. How's it going? Yeah, good to have you on board. How are you? How are you feeling about
4: SmackDown? Yeah, hello. I've not seen this week's. I don't see last week, but I love SmackDown. The best show, didn't I? You looking forward to the, the, the thousandth one? Yes, can't wait. Excellent. Okay, and to my left, uh, he is a proper jabroni, the Bart Gun of the McLeod household. It's Scott. Scott, how are you?
1: Well, you glad-handing yes man.
4: say, <laughs> <laughs> this is the anniversary this week of Kane's debut.
3: Why we are not doing a Kane show, I do not know. <laughs> well, he's red and we're doing blue this week, so...
5: That's how it's going. Oh, shit. <laughs> you can't be the only one on the podcast, mate. <laughs>
3: anyway, up next is a man who has screwed me out of the ESSR Championship twice now, so hopefully today he'll know his role and shut his mouth. But, with that being said, he is an award-winning panellist now. It's Gary Canahan. Oh,
6: Thank you very much, guys.
3: And I understand you've received a reward this week oh. as well.
6: Yes, for the day job. um, um the great honour of being named or, or the recipient of the Fundraising Excellence Award from the Institute of Fundraising.
5: I mean, that's all well and good, but who won the BarkCon Award? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, we all did. Well, it's good to have an award-winning panellist on the show for once. So, Thank you. Thanks, thanks for being here, Gary. And finally, we have a man who worships the rock as much as Stephen worships Becky Lynch. Today, he thinks he can out-host me. I say... Just bring it. It's the Jobby Jobber, Ross McCloud.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, it's been a while. I'm David Hockney, just as sure as Ross sat on this show mentioning your ever growing five head, just as sure as Ross sat in this show yelling historic so much that a man that sweats gravy and pisses chicken fat stole it him, and just as sure, just as sure as Alan sits there looking like Peter Griffin's lesbian sister, I can say. <laughs> Finally! <laughs> more rocks! That's good, fuck number one! Go we'll see the Joby job in my corner! Oh... I think after the joke there was just like... A <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> right, line drawn! He, he, he <laughs> told me speared at the break!
1: <laughs> he, he, he told me these jokes and I could see he had them written down He's going like, oh god, he's actually doing this!
3: <laughs> Uh, and finally, we have someone who prefers the colours of green and white to shades of blue. It's oh, the M-E-E-B. Oh. It's Quacku.
5: Uh, thanks very much for that, David. I appreciate your noble welcome. <laughs> Ross, you can
4: fuck right <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> We're to today. Ross, you cunt. <laughs> yeah. Keep them coming,
5: cunt. Uh, Wanker. Yeah. Yep.
4: Wanky, wanky,
6: wanky, wanky, bastard. Uh, okay, so... Uh, if Lucy he was here, she'd lead a chant of we all hate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all I'm saying is I've sat next to Quirky when he starts to sweat and it smells a hell of a lot like hand basically
6: okay James <laughs> well, what the can... fuck
3: <laughs> okay let's take a moment to let the censor uh, recover for a moment uh, and let our listeners know that uh, if you're just listening in make sure you're subscribed to all good podcasting sites including iTunes, Spotify and all good anchor podcasting sites where we have a massive back catalogue as big as I don't know. How can we describe our massive back catalogue? How- Fucking huge. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. That's, uh, that's a perfect way of putting it. So, uh, be sure to follow us on social media as well. We're on Facebook at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us there at Suplex Retweet. If you like what you hear, give us a rating, give us a review, preferably four or five stars. Or if you're feeling generous and you live in Japan, give us seven stars. Great stuff. Okay. So today, uh, SmackDown is turning 1,000 episodes old in a couple of weeks. So. I'd like uh, to discuss all the best moments from the past almost 20 years of SmackDown because there's a lot to get through. So just to kick things off, um, SmackDown originally started out as a pilot episode just a one-off in April of 29th 1999. It was testing the water like any other new show, TV show in my opinion so I just wanna get your initial impressions of what the first SmackDown was like. Uh, Alan? I don't remember
4: much of it to be honest but I'd imagine it was- Pretty good, there you go I don't remember much it I don't remember really till the twi- August twenty six one it's yeah. it was not taped after like a raw or before a raw, mm. the pilot episode? It's also to be fair, we got this one wrong and the pub quiz, has been not? Like we almost yeah. got it wrong Oh well, yeah we, we almost got it, got it wrong We changed at the
1: last minute March, We changed it at the last minute, yeah, yeah, yeah I think wasn't, wasn't nearly as big a fuck up as 35 seconds? Oh for <laughs>
4: God's sake, let it go! <laughs>
1: yeah. See we can moan bit. speculation every fucking week on this show I can mention 35 seconds once
2: Wow, okay Scott's sex life is coming into the podcast again isn't it? <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> he
1: listens to uh, of the
2: glass <laughs> yeah. He watches
3: while Heidi get a cupboard Move <laughs> on, oh, oh, oh,
4: uh, But yeah, uh,
3: that, the April 99 episode was just a one-off episode uh, Obviously because this was the peak of the Monday Night Wars uh, So maybe they were testing out new material But they, it kicked off as a series uh, on August 26th in the same year And the name sort of derived from The Rock's catchphrase Uh Obviously, left the smackdown on you, um, Gary. Would you say that with the name Smackdown, do you think this sort of came about itself
6: as the Rock's show? Well, yes. Um, it's an interesting. It was an interesting title for the name. It's not one that I would I naturally went for at the time. Mm-hmm. It seemed a bit random. Obviously, it's you know we've become accustomed to it over the of
2: long time it's gone. But yeah, I thought it was a bit random at the time. Yeah. I- like Gary says, it's it sounds like one of those names that if it wasn't a staple of a wrestling show, it would be like when you're watching a show and they're taking the out of wrestling, like "Welcome to the Smackdown." You know, it sounds like one of these stupid stereotypical names. But really, they only really started it because WCW people started to test the water with Thunder. Thunder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously, like you said peeking the Monday Night Walls. If they're gonna have a Thursday show, well, you know what? We're gonna have a Thursday show.
4: See, I quite like it. I like the name and I think it's a great name. Oh, I <laughs> uh, I always liked it. I thought actually, it was a better name than Raw. Even when Raw is Raw is war. Um, but it kind of says what it is in thin, you know? <laughs> There's gonna be some Smackdown lead. Oh. A weird fact about this. <laughs> like, I think it's a... <laughs> that was not an innuendo in any form. <laughs> Keep it clean, boys.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Smackdown's gonna be lead. It's not an innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> it's going in Raw. Did the Raw play like the
4: Smackdown? <laughs>
3: Oh, I think that's set the toad for the entire show. <laughs> uh, Scott, it!
1: Scott, sorry, you were saying? Right, I was going to say, I think as soon as we're coming off the heels of our less, less historic than the first one, all women's show, apparently Vince Russell pitched the idea of this being a, a female exclusive show. Can you just imagine an all women show written by Vince Russell? Oh, A man who clearly has never hit puberty if he watches writing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, um... Obviously, like when it it first started off, uh, the stage setup was actually pretty straightforward because I had that sort of oval stage look. I'm sorry, yeah, Ross,
2: sorry. yeah John Sorry, about- yeah, it was just you were talking about. Is it the Rock show? Yeah. I think see you remember this time, August twenty-six. Um, this is two months or four or three months sorry, before Stone Cold goes up his injury. This is peak Rock. This is as soon as Stone Cold goes, they've got the Rock in place. to mm-hmm. pitch. And like you're saying, was this the Rock show? He might not have had as many iconic moments on it. But this was a sort of show where, much like Raw, it was on his back. Came up as catchphrase and it was going to be like, right in a couple of months, it's going to be just you. And I think you watch the first year or two of Smackdown, it carries it well.
6: Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah it's interesting that this, thinking back to it, it might just be my memory, but this my memory of Smackdown is it felt very different to the other shows at WWE. Started to spin you know, mm-hmm. off shows. Do you remember m- m- more recent examples? Maybe when superstars came back on. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like they, they took it serious for a wee while and then got fed mm-hmm. up with it. Whereas SmackDown, it felt like it was something that took serious from straight straight off, and they took um, and big things, things that happened, mm-hmm. things that mattered, happened on the show. And I can't remember right when we first started to get it here in the UK cause I have a memory it took a wee while before we got it So you would hear and read about things
2: mm-hmm.
6: But you couldn't see it same Yeah way. we used to get the WWF Magazine And yeah.
4: that's when you used
2: to read all about it same. WWF.com well, yeah. Same way Sunday <laughs> Night Obviously that was before yeah. this and then <clears> We talked about it's the only show that have taken seriously for a long time or kept about Like you look at WWE Main Event That's just a, that's the big talent of Raw Now but whereas You know, we talked about the pilot Oh, we're going to have The Rock V Triple H for the WWE title With Shawn Michaels as a special guest Alright, I think we'll all tune in for that Main event was CM Punk versus uh, Sheamus When they were both world champions Ah, that was a champion v
3: champion match Champion v
2: champion match Oh, we'll start to take that seriously Then, two weeks later, Kofi wins the title on the main event You're like Oh, it's just gonna be like a third brand, and then like Gary says, like superstars, like Heat, it just filtered away. Oh,
1: coming up yeah. then, you mentioned Thunder earlier. Like a big thing with Thunder was they had a lot of top guys who would always appear on Nitro and WCW, but didn't always feel obligated to come on uh, Night, uh, Thunder because the contract says pay-per-views in Nitro, but didn't say anything about Thunder. Whereas SmackDown always had The Rock, Triple H, Undertaker, all the big stars would carry all their stories on. Uh, SmackDown, whereas Thunder just felt like the lesser
2: people who didn't really deserve much time on Metro got the spot on Thunder. Mm-hmm. Something as well was uh, the size of the roster at the thing, mm-hmm. so you oh, could yeah. have on a, a Rob was two hours, SmackDown was two hours. The roster was stacked, so it could be like, oh by the way, see tonight you're going to get Stone Cold Triple H and The Rock, The Undertaker. See you tomorrow you're going to get Stone Cold The Undertaker and gonna get The Rotten and Kane. And you're like, okay, fair enough. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I watch all four hours, of
3: yeah, no, the, you, you brought up a, a really great point there, um, you know, because the, following the acquisition of WCW talent in once the Monday Night Wars had ended, the WWE roster was stacked and it had to be split onto two shows, so there was no shortage of really solid talent on either show, to be honest. Um, but I want, what, what I'd like to know is, like, do you think um, having that additional weekly show helped the brand and the company as a whole following this huge insert of talent after buying up WCW? Uh, Alan, I'll start with yeah,
4: you on that one. Absolutely, gave the chance for you know, guys who were probably not going to get the op, the chance in just Raw to actually get a goal, you know, like Booker T, he'd never been world champion on Raw. Um, you know, JBL, he went from a mid-card or tag team to a mid-event player, so yeah, it gave a lot of opportunity to a lot of guys and also the female wrestlers as well. Yeah, because like, like you had a big enough roster as Raw says it is, but bringing all these
1: ECW and WCW guys, there's only so much airtime and every given Jewel, so having SmackDown really yeah that platform also you had
2: shows like he had plenty of places to elevate this new talent. Sorry. I you yeah, well with WCW and ECW gone under. As much as back in the day if you were a WWE guy you know that, you know, Rock and Austin and Raw and then Rock and Austin and SmackDown look get different people every week. You would have run out of people from the fight eventually and then mm-hmm. as good as Rock and Stone Cold are they don't lose very often so then a lot of your guys get buried under them. Unintentionally, but they do, and I think with this, it made the shows feel different because you had a void because you didn't have the southern style wrestling, you didn't have the the hardcore indie wrestling anymore. So, you needed to split them and go, Right, you know what, you're here for the new, you're not, you know, Kurt Angle's not going to go near Triple H till 2005, you know what I mean? Or, you know, Rey Mysterio can never fight Randy Orton. Until we get you both on the same show. It kept people apart and it made the shows feel different.
3: Yeah, just to sort of uh, reiterate the point of the brand extension as well, it's like talent became exclusive uh, to both shows. And that's something I want to address uh, a bit later on during um, when we talk about the Ruthless Aggression era. But um, just to go back to the sort of the origin story of SmackDown, it started out as uh, the stage setup was kind of pretty straightforward, it had that oval stage look. But then, after its second anniversary, it actually brought in the now iconic fist stage. <laughs> One that looks like uh, the fourth shield member just turned into a big silver Hulk. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> but you used to be into fisting, like Daniel Bryan said.
1: Scott, <laughs> you, you had to
4: Why is that a cloud always brings down the tone? Uh, I know Daniel Bryan said it originally, I'm just quoting him. <laughs> but anyway, um.
2: I brought sweet, you sweets <laughs> <laughs> You
3: owe me This was at a time You know Obviously pay-per-views And Smackdown itself Had really iconic stages But do you think Smackdown had With the giant fist Was the best looking stage For any of the shows Or pay-per-views Nope uh, No,
6: no oh, did, you not, quite, did you not like quite, it? Uh, I couldn't agree with you well,
3: I, you, did, you guys didn't I, like I it I
6: hated it Why not? Why do you not like it? I, one of the reasons I actually quite like the oval one. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I grew to dislike the the, the fist stage because it was there for Sick. it was there for ages, wasn't it? And as this show got, I suppose in my mind, as as the show got stale, mm-hmm. that was the look and feel of it, and that's why when I see that, I just think of those. those, I, those you, I, I prefer the oval stage, but I did not
4: mind the first stage. It was it was a lot more appealing to look at than the raw <laughs> stage. Um, <laughs> keep <Cookie McLean>, I couldn't keep
3: it
2: clean. He said clean. clean
3: for that. So. <laughs> uh, Ross, sorry, you yeah, we were saying? <laughs> trying to be professional <laughs> here. Yeah, come
2: on. No, uh, I I didn't mind the stage, but it was just it feels like it's one of those ones like we all love the attitude era, you know. We all love the people of the attitude era, but not everything about the attitude era was good. I think it's the the era that it comes from. Originally, you know, it was the second anniversary, so you had the, the Alliance storyline, which, you know, you look back now, we're like, oh, we could have booked it better at the time as a kid. You might not have been in the big fan WWE stars, but it was exciting. You know, you had the Smackdown 6, you had, you know, Brock Lesnar, you had Eddie Guerrero in WWE title, you had, you know, people, like, the under, that was the Undertaker show. Mm. You know, we talked about the Rock show, this was the show the Undertaker appeared on, he always gave it a big feel. And this was at Start Undertaker's like classic match series, and you know I think it's the fact it was the stage when big things happened, and added to the fact that the Raw ones during the ruthless Grand Street made looked shit. But it yeah. looked like when you set a Chester <coughs> and you walk away from it and it just kind of slants. That's <laughs> kind of what the Raw one looked like, and.
4: It's like somebody decides to sneeze at you, and you're like, are they? Oh god
2: dammit
4: Am I <laughs> the only one who liked the fist? Oh my god yeah, I liked it but I, I did like it but I preferred the oval look yeah, I think,
1: I I think oval. The, oval. You know, the only reason I liked it is because it was around for so long so when I think of the Smackdown tape yeah. that's what I think of and part of me actually wanted the fist to come back for like when Smackdown they redid the brand split but they have the fist
4: like in the intro package Larry well, well, right, basically Scott wants her fisting Larry going like today, <laughs> they're talking about a different stage for the 1000th episodes so you oh, never know. know; it could be the first oh, part. No, please. I oh, mean, oh, it oh, was hoping oh, oh, they—they put so
5: many chrome, mirrors so many discs. I it was—it was, it was so all hot reference. And then they thought, "Well, oh, let's—it's yeah, not got enough chrome. Let's get a big hand coming out of the, <laughs> between the stage, but, and let's chrome that one as but, well. Yeah, let's chrome the ramp as well. They'll let's no. I mean, back then chrome was, was the thing. Well, oh,
3: oh, 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 this was to it oh, because it's a SmackDown. <laughs> well, guys, I have to—I actually have to agree with Scott on this. I because watching the first. Of you win. The first SmackDown I watched was JBL versus Eddie Guerrero in the steel cage. That was the main event, and every time I watched SmackDown, I would always associate the step, SmackDown stage, as the as the fest coming through the the wall, and it just felt like that was really its its branding and it really just stuck in the mind, and when it saw it disappear, I thought, oh, now it just looks really plain. But, yeah, so sorry guys, I have to go against the majority here. It's
6: not a surprise, David, when you introduced it as the iconic stage. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, look, look, look how much we're in debate <laughs> about
3: it now. I think it would certainly
5: leave the... The iconically cool. shit stage
3: we like... <laughs> what happened,
1: was, what happened you that, when you took that stage away, it just looked like any other stage, it looked like any other show.
3: Well, yeah, it was just. It, just, just sometimes, sometimes better. it took away its uniqueness, I think. That's yeah, why they it, took it away.
2: This was where at the time when we really started cross cutting and they started. Every stage was the same and the yeah. stage was the same and everything just looks. Yeah.
3: We'll probably discuss that a bit later on. But, uh, but for now, I'd like to move on to a, a period where I think SmackDown really sort of came into its own, and that was the, the Ruthless Aggression area. So this was just after the brand extension where each uh, show was given its own exclusive roster and they were both assigned uh, general managers. Uh, the first general manag- f- official general manager of SmackDown was none other than Stephanie McMahon. Oh, we all love him. Yep. Well, we did then. <laughs> yes, baby. Uh, but other general managers also include uh, Paul Heyman, Vicky Guerrero, uh, but also one of the longest serving uh, general managers in SmackDown history, Mr. Kenny Long. So uh, Scott, I'd like to start with you on this one. Who do you think out of all of SmackDown's general managers does the best job? <laughs> Oh, clearly, Terry Long since he lasted the longest. Oh. Well, I mean, Alan, who was, Al- who was Al- your,
0: Al-
4: your
3: favourite? Oh, Terry Long, I just
1: mentioned him also. Alan, you're looking in your nose at it. If you do, you'll be going one on one Hold on, what player! Da- what's that
4: Let's out? have a tag team match! That is all he ever came up with. You're like, have you got nothing better to do? Other than now looking at those gigantically huge, but ugly Susan go Hold on, player! let want to get two more guys and let's play! And you're like, no! Fucking
2: leave a one-on-one! <laughs> hey, do you like Terry Long then? <laughs> Fabulous! <laughs> I think the thing with Terry Long was, much like we discussed the stage, Terry Long was there a while, so obviously he got a bit repetitive, as the ring got a bit
4: repetitive.
2: Hashtag steal! <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, so obviously he, he always had to come out with, it was always stages, he always had his wee guy, he will go one-on-one with undertaker. And we go one on one with Randy Orton, and we go one on one with Sheamus, mm-hmm. And it just, whoever the top guy was, it'd be like, they always seem surprised, like, I'm sorry, you seem surprised that on a wrestling show you'll be in a wrestling match. <laughs> Did you not watch that? Hold on, Brett. There's six of you in the ring <laughs> <laughs> <Have you> ever... <laughs> It's a no brainer. I, I love the memes, it's always like, <laughs> yeah. It's always like Terry Long's face, like, one, two, three, four. Hold on a minute, player. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think there was a parody of So Cold's shirt. It's like... Uh, Stoke hold on his shirt and said, Arrive, raise hell, leave. I think he had one that was like, Arrive, tag team match player, leave. <laughs> uh, Gary, what do you remember of Teddy Long's minute, uh, run as GM?
0: Well, I
6: remember when he first became GM because he'd been a mani- uh, manager mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he just seemed so random And a referee well, And yeah. yeah. I mean, he hadn't been a manager on SmackDown all that long. He was with Rodney Mack, if remember, right? And Mark Henry as, Mark as well, Mark yeah. Henry. And then he turned up. He was drafted to SmackDown, I think. Can't mm-hmm. remember, like, right. And then, system. and then, sort of one week he was like, and Vince brings him out as the, as yeah, as the, as the GM. It just felt a bit, a bit rushed. like, Well, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See
4: me talk about SmackDown being stale. It was with him. It was nothing but tag team matches, and as you all know, I'm not a fan of tag team wrestling. I find it really This is brand to...
6: new information, Alan. <laughs> yeah,
3: oh, as if you didn't get your initial point clear enough.
4: Yeah, and it's all was and back then that's when SmackDown was literally a fast forward job. You, you could go through the whole show to be one single match so it was awful what fact he was doing it so I'm quite glad to see the vacuum
2: straight That's up headerisation by the man <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> now Quacker, you
3: actually said your favourite WrestleMania was WrestleMania 21 funnily enough there was no tag team matches on there oh.
5: Yeah, but um, just same question as the rest of the guys Like, what did you think of Teddy Long? Teddy Long is uh, my favourite GM of all time and I will say that. Like, there were two managers that I really liked to smack down, Vicky Guerrero. Well, when I say Vicky Guerrero, I do not like half at the time, but when she left, I was like, oh god, I yeah. actually miss Vicky, which mm-hmm. is weird. But Teddy Long, I loved him when he was there, and I still love him there. And people still, you see, you're all quoting him and stuff like that. <laughs> and even uh, Paige is saying, uh, holler holler when she first announced he, he the that. He didn't catch there's
4: no disputing that! But no. that
5: was it! And, but it was just funny like the way he comes out, like and then dancing and then when he came out uh, one of the special raws and JBL came up dancing to him and stuff he's the like, new man's godfather and, and oh. Don't oh. Come out like that stop stop, stop. <laughs> and also see th- just one thing that I found bizarre and quite funny was in his office he always had a frame photo of Vince McMahon like he was the US president or something yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, he was a great
6: character yeah was, he was
3: so charismatic so like you know I, like, you mentioned the dancing as well that was my
2: favourite thing about me you took just, it too serious in my opinion you just got a roll of it as good as Gary yeah, was saying it, it's quite a random you know random announcement that he was put as GM because he was it, it was not even as if, as if this was Mark Henry the world champion he was managing it was Mark Henry the guy who wasn't to Matt Hardy at Armageddon you know that was, Aye. it was that Mark Henry he was managing Rodney Mack who never got off the ground jazz when women's wrestling wasn't taken seriously it was a case. it was he's paid by numbers sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. you're black, we we'll give you a black man, and that was the sort of attitude. That well, that was his. his yeah, but that, that yeah, was that. the angle he was in at the yeah, time. Yeah, it was yeah. Back
6: yeah.
2: the mat, um, Deilo Brown. Aye, Deilo Brown yeah. and all that, and it was always Something like, like yeah, you've all we're being held down by the man because Mark Henry got a low number on the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <And> I remember <laughs> him, he got drafted to SmackDown in 2004, and I remember this was in May. He has one segment like three weeks later where there's like a bunch of guys, a bunch of mid-carders that nobody would want to manage sitting next to Spike Dudley and he gives them all cards except Spike Dudley and then starts squaring up to Spike Dudley (laughs) because Spike says you're not taking me seriously. Then I went on holiday in August and came back and this guy's floating about going, I'm the GM now. What What did I miss? Did I miss Kurt Angle getting fired?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you missed Kurt Angle getting fired and then I think Paul Heyman also quit as well but that was when Kurt Angle came in Mm -hmm. and Teddy Long... Uh, sort of came in what was it
2: just before SummerSlam that year? Yeah. Just before SummerSlam and he he was there then Vicky took over then he went to ECW then he came back then he managed Raw for a bit then he came back Yeah and, <laughs> and then he just retired Yeah it was just <laughs> I feel bad see when you talk about obviously I, I did like him he kind of at the end mm-hmm. a bit too long because yeah. he just didn't do anything that we, we sort of got Reduced to the catchphrase and the yeah. in the game and the tag team match.
3: I think one of the the more exclusive points about uh, SmackDown was that obviously because both Raw and SmackDown were different shows uh, compared to what they were nowadays, uh, they were actually they had completely different sort of setups because they had different divisions. Uh, because back in the ruthless aggression era, SmackDown had the the cruiserweight division, uh, whilst Raw has has had the women's division. Do you think it was uh, a good idea to have two different divisions on both shows? Or do you think both shows should have been similar? Uh, no, I
2: think both should have had different people. Because if you look at the women's division, the women's division is stacked, but it's not stacked to go over two shows. And we're raw being three hours, and we're talking about more you know, equality and more people getting on the shows, surely with that third hour, if you put all the women on Raw, you could have an hour a week dedicated to just women's wrestling and then two oh five live is a meeting after SmackDown. Caesar on the talent nice travelling. By the way, you know, you can say like you draft Finn Balor and say when he comes up Johnny Gargano to SmackDown. And along with Daniel Bryan, if they're not doing it in the main show, they can go down to two oh five live.
3: That's not a bad idea. Um Alan, do you think having the cruiser rates exclusively on SmackDown was a good idea?
4: No. I felt both shows should have had a bit of each. Um... I so mm-hmm. kind of suffer. You could have had, you know, the champion versus champion matches, special pay per views, maybe WrestleMania or SummerSlam. Could build all rivalries up in between mm-hmm. shows, especially coming up to Survivor Series. I felt they missed a trick there. It was a good idea to have like belts
1: for the different shows because, like as we've seen, like there's gonna be if the champions go between both brands, there's gonna be a month for one brand as a pay per view without a champion. As we've seen when Brock Lesnar went away, if you don't have a proper storyline to fill the void in that time, the product suffers. I think the women's tale out of all them should have went between because we've seen the SmackDown. The women on that show, without anything to fight for, the product really suffered because you had ever Marie and Tori Wilson forever. If I oh, know Tony's
6: no, dad. Yeah, <laughs> dear old Al I, I liked the, I mean there's positives and negatives of it I liked the the separation If I remember right, initially the Women's Champion could go between both yeah. shows And then it became exclusive to the raw. Yeah. I think the, the negative, i say say um, The positive, sorry, sticking that one um, The different divisions gave the shows a different feel to it the negative is often you'd only get one women's match then or one cruiserweight match. There wasn't a lot for the rest of them to get up to or the rest of them to do, but that's a reflection of how the show was booked at the
2: time. I think as well, they're only being like, obviously, we only had cruiserweight exclusive, uh, the cruiserweight titles are exclusive to SmackDown. If we you were a smaller gang on the Raw, you we were getting jobbed out to like Batista and Triple H and Kane and mm. like Elimination Chamber mm. qualifying matches. Mm-hmm. If you were a woman going to SmackDown then guess what? You're gonna either be managing a top talent or you're gonna be having some all women hate each other, all women, you know, secretly bitches storyline that was the norm at the time.
3: Yeah, no, you, you raise a really good point there, Ross. Um you know, because I think having them like with the cruiserweight division especially, because nowadays it's treated as its own brand, mm-hmm. I think maybe having that exclusive one hour for them would be a good a good idea. But obviously SmackDown was two hours and there had been so much to fill the fill the void. Uh, same with the women's uh, division, you know, that maybe could have been done the same way, but it's like, you know, they're saying, if women were getting drafted to SmackDown, there was nothing for them to fight for, mm-hmm. except maybe become managers, but mm-hmm. or, God forbid, you know, do bikini contests or evening gowns and stuff, and I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what they were used for on SmackDown
2: mm-hmm. back at the time. It was always the wrestling show, and, oh, look, women! Mm. That was the sort of attitude they had. <clears throat> I think the
1: thing that helped SmackDown, like, being the wrestling show and help it stand out from Oz, is. Paul Heyman was the head writer at the time. Mm-hmm. He tells an uh, in interview with Jericho he said the reason he was going to give him free reign over Smad because ratings on Raw were going down. And it was kind of hands on deck on Raw. They said, Heyman will have Smad and take that off our hands and they didn't care about it. That gave him the opportunity to push people that wouldn't get, usually get pushed and allowed him to focus on the cruiser weights. He said his big problem was he would fight just as hard for a cruiser like Jamie Noble as he would for a guy like Brock Lesnar. That really made him unpopular because he wouldn't stop arguing with people.
3: Uh, Yeah so, um, but I think Ross you sort of brought this up uh, briefly as well, Um, because you had exclusive titles to exclusive brands and maybe it it, um, introduced the idea of cross-promotion, but one thing I'd like to really touch on is uh, they they did uh, include some brand warfare cross-promotional matches uh, for the dual pay-per-views. Do you think this brand warfare should have been taken more seriously in terms of storylines and build-up? Uh, Gary, I'll start with you on this one.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I much preferred it when they were kept separate. And then when they came together, it should have been a big deal. And when that's done well, like when Raw was under siege not too long ago, mm-hmm. that was excellent. Uh, when Eric Bischoff and Three Minute Warning uh, ruined Billy and Chuck's <laughs> wedding yeah. Yeah, that was brilliant and Yet another
2: moment where Billy Gunn was screwed over <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
3: thought you'd be upset by that Ross yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm an equal rights sort of person that was a horrible day <laughs>
4: Uh, Alan, do you, what do you think is the brand warfare? Yeah, they could have done a lot better with it. Um, you know, it's a, it's a big pull, you know, because if you're watching it all year long and then you think, well, hang on, they're going to get, you know, champion road or World together, it's a big thing, and then it's going to create conversation, it's going to create the divisive and France like, nah, one, you know, Lesnar, now and Nilla was going, to nah, I want Katie, whatever, you know, it, it brings a lot more heat and it brings a lot more anticipation. And to be honest, they really played it down, and this guy said, yeah, this undersea's was done really well, and Mm-hmm. But I feel right now they've got a chance to bring this back in and you should mm-hmm. do it now as
1: well. But Yeah, well, I like the under stuff on the current uh, brand split but I think the initial brand split it was always seemed like Smackdown would usually win these brand promotion things It's kind of a consolation like you're never going to be the flagship, it's always going to be Raw but here I have this little thing, you won this match to make it seem like you're the bigger show but the fact that they're both essentially two shows on the same company it doesn't feel like real competition because main Bruce tells the story of how initial brand split was meant to be Monday Night Raw and Nitro when they bought WCW mm-hmm. and when that fell through and the invasion happened they things to have to create a competition within themselves so if it was WCW doing brand warfare they were going to keep them separate all year except for like, maybe Messlemania and like if that was... everybody knew the Monday Night War so people would believe in the competition there the fact that it's everybody in the same company, everybody who you know probably gets along in real life yeah. it's really hard to buy in.
6: it's a really good point Scott because also when they have the like Survivor Series mm-hmm. I think the format for Survivor Series is a bit predictable because you know that if there's five matches mm-hmm. and it's 2-1 two- yeah. mm-hmm. then the next match is going to make it 2-2 yeah. to make the fifth match the decider do you straight? know who I think always
2: used to get shafted with that? the women because it would mm-hmm. be say like the, the Raw Intercontinental Champion be the Smackdown US Champion and the Raw oh. Intercontinental Champion wins it was just yeah. you like at the time we were wrestling and the state it was in and the way they were presenting it people weren't watching and the fact that you just had you know Raw's guy win you're like I call it Smackdown I'm like who cares skip
3: yeah, just really quickly before we go into a short break um, and I think you guys were sort of brought up a really good point um, do you think it was um, Smackdown was unfairly dubbed as the V show despite all these other sort of mini brands okay. for enhancement yep. talent mm-hmm. oh, I'm quacking straight, and straight away with that yep yeah?
4: Still is. You think it still is? Mm-hmm. Well, the WWE titles,
6: you mm-hmm. know, a
4: title is been of
3: most prestigious in all of wrestling, and it's a mid card title. Mm-hmm. That's enough. It does feel like it, yeah. Um,
6: Gary, what do you think? Uh, no, I don't think it was wrongly dubbed the B Show. It was the better wrestling show, or has been the better wrestling show, undoubtedly, at points, and at other points, it's, un- it's undoubtedly clear that they couldn't have cared less about it. Also, if you look back over time, it's some of like when you had the big debuts happening, when Goldberg came along, when Scott Steiner came along. They went to Raw, not Smackdown more often
2: than uh-huh. that. Yeah, I... Well, sorry, just a wee thing, need to go back. We were talking about the brand Warfare. Yeah. We didn't use that. Seeing <laughs> in the later years of the brand, when we had like ECW as well. It was sort of just like who's feuding on Raw and Smackdown and ECW but we need to keep our matches for the brand specific I the
6: Raw, sorry,
3: the Smackdown ECW super shows oh god yeah, I see that's something I want to bring
2: up on afterwards but yeah sorry you were saying no no it's I just got to the point where right we've got brand exclusive pay-per-views in December and we need to make them interesting so we can't have all these guys fighting singles matches, okay let's have uh, (laughs) right you two are feuding on Smackdown with A2 and that one there for ECW is feuding with him and you for Raw, you'll captain them, and you for Raw, you captain the other team, and you're we talking about the B-Show as well. No one ever thought it was the show you know, because mm-hmm. back in the day, there wasn't a brand... you know, the, uh, the brand split. It was, you still had the Rock, Stone Cold and Kane and Undertaker all showing up there. When you'd done the original brand split, before Circumstances got in the way, it was maybe Triple H and Stone Cold as the head honchos on Raw, and Hulk Hogan and The Rock on SmackDown do think you would ever called that a B show. You couldn't call any of them a B show. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, I think like I said, like the All People's Eyes Draw is clearly more of the favourite in the eyes of like the company it was around first, it's always gonna be the flagship. So I'm fairly imagining it's the B show and I think I think the moment where that started being being called the B show, and I'm not it seems like I'm blaming this guy for it, but I'm, I'm not. I think it's when Batista got drafted in two thousand five. Because like, even though they were technically the B-Show, they were still the residue, and they had the WWE title the, title, the title with all the history. As soon as that got moved over to the flagship and the secondary belt from the other company got done this show, it was like, you're the B-Champion on the B-Show, whereas this
5: is our most precious title, that's getting the focus. See, to add to that, would you say more John Cena though? Because obviously John Cena went over, yeah. and then John Cena became Big match John. Yeah,
1: I think it was a clearly like, the a choice between the two. We, we gave them both their more to me but who do we push and I think it's just having to be John was the one getting
5: the bigger push than Batista, yeah. in fact he got... He got a rush, John, he can't beat
2: that. Yeah. <laughs> well, what Kwaku said was good play the man, I think Alan mentioned the WWE title was maybe the most prestigious one, mm-hmm. Scott mentioned it's the one with all the history. It's never, I don't think it's the fact that it's the WWE title, I think it's the fact that it's whatever the Smackdown title was became the mid, because you saw you know, Batista winning the title for Triple H, you saw, you know, Chris Benoit winning it at the main event of WrestleMania, you saw, you know, multiple times it was in the main event of WrestleMania, and then you get to, like, near the end of the brand split, and it's like, oh, by the way, we've got The Undertaker, CM Punk, Rey Mysterio and Batista in a Fatal 4-Way. You're like, oh, good, that'll be big. that no, but SmackDown, so it's gone on mid-card. That was bragging rights that year, wasn't yeah. it?
3: But that was, uh, that was kind of overshadowed by John Cena, Randy Orton in the 60-minute Iron Man match. Yeah, it was the sort of...
2: Like I've seen at the point, and also playing on Kwaku's, Cena was the star, so whatever brand he was on, whatever title was on that brand. Mm -hmm. That was the main event.
3: Yeah, there were the feud that sort of. Do you think it was the sort of the feud that made the fight which was going to be on second, or do you think SmackDown was always relegated to be the first? You think? Just because, you know, Raw's been around longer?
2: Well, you just look at the. Although it didn't turn out the way we wanted, neither World Title match this year's WrestleMania did. Um, You saw Shinsuke and AJ being the Dream match, I really wanted, and brought and Roman being the match. We were just like, Look, see if we're going to have it. Can we put it on first? Can we brought those and get the fuck? <laughs> and that, that was the attribute, but it was still because it's the Raw title. Because Roman Reigns and brought Lesnar, are the big stars, they were on Raw. The title they've got is Universal, so that was on first.
3: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, a lot of great points brought up there, and uh, I think at that or at that stage we'll just go into a, a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll be discussing uh, our best moments from SmackDown Live, and or just the taped or whatever. And uh, we've also got some fan <laughs> input as well from Twitter and Facebook. Uh, thanks to everybody who put in um, put in suggestions. Uh, but as we go into this quick break, I want to highlight one of the uh, arguably the best promos, not necessarily from SmackDown, but from its uh, its sister show, Talking Smack, where. The Miz and Daniel Bryan had one of the most heated conversations ever to feature on WWE TV. So we'll be back straight after this.
0: Hi, this is James Ellsworth. Duh. And you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. There's no gentle way to say it. To me, you wrestle like a coward. You wrestle like somebody who's, af- who's afraid to get hit. I wrestle like a coward. You wrestle like a coward. I'm the one. If I if I were to create a wrestler who to me like embodies like when I was an independent guy and I was thinking like oh okay what's the soft WWE style it would be that WWE is transformed in the last. The, hold on you you had a, you, you had your chance to talk you are the one that called me a coward in, in the wrestling ring I'm the coward in the wrestling ring yeah. but let's talk about cowards for one second okay. the reason I wrestle the way I wrestle is because I can do it day in and day out all the time for ten plus years I have never never in my career ever have been injured I don't get injured for 6 months to a year I am here each and every week but you sit there and call me a coward. Yeah. I'm the coward. Wait, let me tell you about a coward. Let me tell you about a guy who tells his WWE fans, the people that he loves, that he will be back. He promises them. I promise you, I will be back in one year's time to claim this title. But you didn't, Daniel, did you? But I'm the coward. Okay, I'm the one if that they, doesn't love if the they, fans. If they would let me come back, I would come back. Oh, if, if you you would. Yeah, you, you would. You you love that WWE ring. You love being wrestling. You love being right in that wrestling ring, and you. You love wrestling, right? Well, why don't you quit? Why don't you quit and go to the bingo halls with your indie fans? Okay, you huh? no, that's not, no, what, this sh- I that's not this. what this show's me about. And the GM, have this. Thank you very much, Renee. This is a great show, but we're talking here. I need to talk to you real quick because the fact is, you're the one that calls me the coward, but you're the one that doesn't get in the WWE ring again. No, don't you walk away from me, Daniel. Don't you walk away. I'm the one that loves the fans. I'm the one that loves everyone and everything. You're the one that gets. Up and walks away every single time. You're the coward. I am not a coward. I am your intercontinental champion, and there's a reason I am the title. Reason making this the most relevant, prestigious title that WWE has, and I deserve okay. the respect okay. on SmackDown Live. Get that camera right here. Get that camera right here. Understand that this is day 141 of the never-ending Intercontinental Championship World War, and I swear to you, I promise you, it will be the most relevant title on SmackDown Live. I could care less about those little kids on, on, for the tag team titles and the women's championship and the WWE championship. This is my show. My show. And I'm sick of all of you, my GM, sitting there criticizing me, calling me the coward. You're the cowards. I'm the one here day in and day out in that wrestling ring beating people up. Thank you very much. Hey, this is professional wrestler Cold Cabana, and I'm only assuming that you have just finished listening to my podcast, The Art of Wrestling, and now you've made the decision to listen to Eat Sleep suplex retweets, which is a mouthful to say, but not only have I said it, you've said it, you've suplexed, you've ate, you've slept, and now you've retweeted. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet.
3: Welcome back to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I am your host this week, David Hockney, and I am joined by Alan, Gary, Ross, Scott, and Kwaku. And we are discussing SmackDown, all its best moments, matches, and highlights from the past uh, 20 years or so as it approaches its 1,000th episode. So that was at the break there. You heard Miz and Daniel Bryan on their uh, intense promo on Talking Smack, which is sadly no longer a thing. Um... But moving into the second half, uh, we're going to kick things off with some fan input as to what uh, their favourite SmackDown moments were. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go through a, through a few of them just now. Uh, Shubham Jha says. <laughs> so- <laughs> I,
5: told, I told you how to pronounce it. You come on, you do a <laughs> completely different pronunciation. Yeah,
2: it's no. Shubham Jha. The big man. <laughs> right. Big J. <G>. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just go. We're leaving this <laughs> in. Yes we are. <laughs> so shabam ja <justice>. says. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Move on to the next name. Barry Holmes,
6: Barry says, <laughs> "Just that's
3: the first name." John Smith, Smith says, <laughs> "What does John Smith say?" Yeah, they say so many amazing moments, uh, but they'll go with the latest one: Nakamura hitting everybody in the nuts. <laughs> and uh, the holic I've dubbed him as Schinsky Knocker as well. Sometimes it feels like I'm getting hit by the nuts. Sometimes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> bad for the big he's, he's responded to our questions yes, so, and yeah. we're sitting laughing at Dave's pronunciation. Name Shea mm-hmm. when you
3: do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Thompson says the Undertaker Edge rivalry was fun. Also when Paul Heyman was in control. I think Scott, you <coughs> mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Palmer says Edge cashing in money in the bank on Undertaker. That was a pretty solid moment. Yeah. Uh, David O'Brien says CM Punk versus Jeff Hardy in the Steel Cage. It's criminally underrated. Yeah. I think it's that's fair uh, yeah. to say, yeah. Ben Williams says when Jeff Hardy first debuted his face paint to beat The Undertaker. I think that was an Extreme Rules match in the UK as well, wasn't oh, it? He threw a was that, was that the first time he did the <laughs> Yeah, that's when he brought his face paint. Oh, I do not know that. Well, he I brought
5: hoover. Sounds like a good housekeeping match.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <A> good <laughs> housekeeping Did <laughs> he not notify Ruffy first?
2: I imagine. Now the Braun Strowman bit where he throws the chair at Roman Reigns. Yeah. Imagine that way. Whoever, that's how he'd be moving. <laughs> Fuck you, I don't know. Dyson, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Dyson, <Dice> Dyson.
3: <laughs> uh, John McFarland says uh, his would be Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit versus Edge and Rey Mysterio for the SmackDown Tag Titles. Good one. Still holds. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. still holds the uh, classic No Mercy 2002. I believe that was.
2: was no yeah, the
3: two or three falls match. On yeah, Smackdown. but it, was in it it was the SmackDown Tag Team Tournament.
2: Yeah. no but he's talking about the two or three falls one that was on Smackdown oh, we're, right. talking so, about, we're talking about Smackdown the best Smackdown, Smackdown matches oh, Dave of course is,
3: yeah. <laughs> but yeah they also Probably want kind of the, the best of no
5: mercy <laughs> yeah. I'd yeah. like to suggest the Name game it. no yeah. mercy write that botch down that's number yeah. two well,
3: well still uh, still doing pretty well uh, Nathan A. Leon says Eddie Guerrero versus Edge in the no disqualification match mm. his favourite match I think yeah that, that was rated uh, WWE's rated it as their best Smackdown match top 15 of all time mm-hmm. yep it's a good solid match uh, Sean Smith says, can't think of a specific match or moment, but his first memories of wrestling were watching SmackDown on Sky One on a Saturday morning. Uh, the fifth stage, the SmackDown yeah. 6. Uh, Michael Cole and Taz, and Too Young To Know It's a Work. Sheer bliss. Uh, did you guys like, ever watch like Sky One for yeah. SmackDown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturday yeah. Saturday I <laughs> yeah,
2: think you know what we're all, I used to hate as well, though. What's that? There, there was never. Because like, I had the. <laughs> I lived in a high flat, so we had the console version of this guy, we had on digital, if you're old enough to remember oh, what that is. Oh gosh, yeah. But, uh, Summer's done in advance, Someone's
4: had terrestrial, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <that. laughs>
2: <laughs> like, my man at one point was Channel 4, on a Sunday, heat for an hour, that was that. Uh, Jeez. <laughs> sitting through yep. Val Venus with yes area us to see the rock fight Yeah, pretty much, yeah. But I hated it, there never used to be a schedule, so it used to be like, some you'd wake up and the would oh, The Simpsons is on, and then they'd put that on, and then be like, Nine of oh, no. shitty Aye. CGI cartoons that ended after 10 episodes. So you're like, I'll oh, put Smackdown on. <laughs> I'll accept
3: the <that> Reons <laughs> at this point. Uh, uh, also, uh, Stephen Bevington, a.k.a. The List of Stephen, says there's only one episode to mention, and that's the September 13th, 2001 episode of Smackdown from Houston. Uh, it was so emotional because it was two days after 9-11, and with Lillian Garcia s- singing the national anthem, it just brings tears to your eyes. So, yeah. you think- just done your one, Alan? Um, I've got two, and that's one in and- the <laughs> Well, that was one of your favourite moments. One one. Yeah. Finally, we have uh, JP, who has the greatest Twitter handle name ever. It's at MMA and Celtic. My man. <laughs> My guy, yep. <yeah>. Um, <laughs> his favourite moment was Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle in the 60-minute Iron Man match. Uh, he's also said Lesnar suplexing the big show and breaking the ring. Uh, but he also liked the intro packages for Matt Hardy version 1.0. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just version 1. <laughs> yeah, it was just version 1, yeah.
2: <laughs> You're a maths person. You, you, you've got a degree in maths. You should know. You don't mention the decibel point if it's a zero.
3: Well, sometimes you say, like, uh, 2.0 or something. Okay, or that's like, plenty. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, uh, thanks to everybody for your fan inputs. Uh, if you want to keep up to date with all our sort of... Uh, fan interaction stuff you can follow us on social media uh, on Twitter and Instagram at suplex retweet we're also on Facebook give us a, a like and
5: subscribe to us um, you say keep up with our fan interaction like we're famous <laughs> <What> <laughs> we've, got, we've got one award winner here yeah. so then <laughs> it's a star it's a
2: star so going to plug the social media plug the fact you can interact with us this Saturday from 7 o'clock onwards as David and Sarah will be live tweeting Super Showtime mm-hmm.
3: yep. Well,
2: uh, more on that
3: to follow uh, but now I'd like to get the, the panel's best Moments from SmackDown. So
4: I'll start off with Alan because you're right. just right here. Uh, what's you've been your favourite SmackDown moment? Well, I had two. One's been mentioned uh, the first show after 9 11, it was the first public gathering mm-hmm. after it, mm-hmm. and it kind of showed mm-hmm. the world, well, like the Vicky up to Terra's and then you go, over are not going to stop. And you talk about earlier, Ross, The Rock, McIntyre the show, he's been the WWF champion, he had a lot of pressure on. Him. Mm-hmm. By God, he delivered during that time frame. Mm-hmm. But my other favourite moment and I've asked David specifically to go first because I got a feeling you're going to nick it, is <laughs> Triple H versus the British Bulldog where the rock slides um. in goes one, two, it doesn't matter if the rock counts to three <laughs> and then the levels without question the greatest people's elbow ever, ever with you know a fail in it and it still came off perfect with the slide uh, the of the and then he, then he stands up and holds it tight when you're just like Why is he not a champion? Just
6: give him a- That
4: was that. I just wanted to get in there for Ross Nakeda because every time we do something like this you and I always pick pick the same thing and you're always picked first so Cheers Dave Can can I go next because I'm worried someone else is doing mine as well
3: Uh, Sure, sure,
4: Scott go ahead, so what's your favourite moment?
1: Mine didn't actually happen in the year but it was on Smackdown and could be summed up in five words price check on a jackass. <laughs> oh,
5: <laughs> Stone Cold
3: yes.
1: beat Booker T in a shopping oh, mall. In the yes, supermarket, yes, that's brilliant. a classic, yeah. It feels like, for a while, it feels like it's gone a bit long, then you get you know, something else like Stone Cold getting locked in the fridge and then coming out the milk car what? and we're like, thanks for the milk book!
3: That <laughs> <laughs> was during like, the peak of the invasion angle. I think it was shit.
1: just after it finished, because I think Booker cost Austin the title mm-hmm. in the disputed title match, uh, Vengeance, and then he was constantly trying to get away from him, and then Austin
6: would show up at random places and he found him at the supermarket. Hi. <laughs> uh, my favourite moment is a more recent one when AJ Styles put the end to Jinder Mahal's reign. Oh, of yes! yes, Gary my man. and it happened in Manchester it did and yeah so and first time the title's ever ch- changed hands outside of North America I think yeah, yeah first Same time in the UK. so the reaction uh, I was actually going to go to that show because I was working in Manchester at the time oh. um, well, I was down there but then I was having to come back home so I was, could have stuck around for a few hours decided not because I thought nothing's going to happen <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> <see, laughs> intuition?
5: You you ignore it and just stay here's a life lesson if you think nothing's going happen something is going to happen because
6: with that history of having rather bland episodes I know there's the odd exception to the rule mm-hmm. um, and this certainly was one of them but yeah, yeah. great mm-hmm. moment and I love the pop they, when they oh, change yeah. hands and to think you know if that title didn't change
3: hands we would have had to see Brock Lesnar vs Jinder Mahala Survivor Series that year I mean what a letdown
6: that would have been I would have loved that just, yeah. to, just that on you
2: you. He thrown around, was it, he even called them the Sing-Alone Brothers? <laughs> sing, thing thing <laughs> brothers. <laughs> uh, Ross? So I had my post 9 Smackdown stole by that bastard Bemington. That asshole Allen stole the people's elbow and that Get <laughs> Gary stole AJ Styles. So I was looking up classic Smackdown moments and I was going to go be either, it was a three-way tie with... Austin was the DX Express, you had Big Show in the Ring exploding, and you had um was one? Rhino going Jericho through the stage, but I've decided just to lower the tone just because of how ludicrous it was. Oh no. <laughs> Big bossman crashing. Big show dad Big Show's dad's funeral. Oh. Big Show's dad, who'd lived for like another 18 years <laughs> to that point. <laughs> Did you
6: realise just uh, recently it was 10 year anniversary for the Keno and Hell match? Oh Jesus
2: Christ, mm. One, mm. one horrendous fire you of remember, time. Well, sorry, you remember, oh, wait, wait,
4: wait,
1: wait, wait. you remember Boss Band, he read it a, a condolence card for Big Shot with deepest regrets and tears that are so... Sorry to hear your dad finally croaks. <laughs> <laughs>
6: oh.
2: But it's just... it's. I'd never seen the full uh, service and being young at the time did this age. boss man die not long after the film he died like three years after three really? years after mm-hmm. but I don't think it was that I think he left so a while after though because he wasn't around for the majority of the Attitude Era like the 2000 section but I didn't realise how tasteless it was at the time all I remember was just the hype package of Armageddon 1999 mm-hmm. <laughs> and Big Show looking like Buddy the Elf in one of the elf's beds once after this coffin with his legs swinging back inside his boss and I drags it along the road you're like this is cracking my mum and I looking <laughs> horrified like I think your mother and I'll have to have a conversation if you can still watch us anymore I <laughs> no, it's good wholesome family co- uh, good wholesome family TV next month at oh, Rumble fucking me, Young gets some knockers oh, at that, <laughs> that was a
4: bad
2: moment I don't think you're watching this uh, <laughs> I couldn't that when I <laughs> oh, I was such a dis- <laughs> <laughs> and and I looking wee from our memories. <laughs> <laughs> I never done see it. Force uh, Man Big
3: Show it was such a distasteful angle, but they made it look like um, slapstick humor. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, only WWE could have. Done it in that format as well. I mean, that was yeah. just horrible.
2: Mine's was just a different one because I thought someone would have put the DX Express, Rhino, Goring or Big Show exploding in the ring.
3: No, I think you know you two actually mentioned a couple I'd written down. You know, I said uh, we had Austin Booker team the supermarket, Scott. Um, yeah, Austin crossing DX Express. Uh, Quacko do you have any uh, any
5: moments as well? Yeah, uh, yes. Not well, to I'm gonna name two because I'm really, really quite crap Everyone knows I like a bizarre weird of form of wrestling. I love comedy. I want to be laughing at wrestling. So they're what was the first quick one right and you're going to be like what the hell so it was in a match with uh, MVP and Mr Kennedy versus the Brothers of Destruction (laughs) and they had a funeral hearse out on the ramp and uh, Mr. Kennedy jumps into the car and is gonna attempt to run over Kane. And all of a sudden, like, uh, MVPs deal with The Undertaker off stage, right? And, like, Undertaker's away, and all of a sudden, the gong goes off, the lights go off, and then the legs come back on and Undertaker's in the car with Mr. Kennedy <laughs> <laughs>
6: Mr.
5: Kennedy he's like looking forward and then he turns to the side and he kind of jumps like Undertaker's in the car and yeah, they both wink each other, and it's just it's just so weird and it's just so
3: funny
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh no and then the gong goes up and then
5: Kane does the whole setup thing and he's back bang- he's held in his head because he called back the <laughs> <laughs> This is so silly, I, well,
0: I see it!
3: Well, <laughs> 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 oh, Kwaku and both of Oh,
6: that's brilliant.
4: Do It's so stupid! Kwaku's <laughs> so, actually man. crying <laughs> <around> him, <laughs> in his oh, eyes. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
2: It's actually broken down (laughs) Not since David... David Hockney (laughs) corrected David Campbell on the 2006 (laughs) Oh god
1: (laughs) Just the idea of under your hearing (laughs) occurs When he adopted Stephanie McMahon Where to,
3: Stephanie? Where to, Kenny? Kenny. What about uh, when he kidnapped Teddy Loggies? Well he said,
5: buckle up, Teddy (laughs) Buckle (laughs) up, (laughs) Teddy but my second one other one was uh, oh my god and it involves The Rock so Ross will like it and it was the end of Vince McMahon's Kiss My Ass Club I just ah, love yeah. the whole mm. thing of bringing out uh, JR then bringing out uh, Trish and then it's like whoa, whoa 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 you sick freak I love that yeah, and then yeah. it was that's especially rough. for you and it was I did it for you Rock <laughs> I'm sorry. that's another one but oh god no sorry nothing can top that funeral house <laughs> fight I know it sounds grim but it was just so fun did <laughs> they not, uh,
3: Undertaker and Kennedy, did they not end up having a last ride match that year? I couldn't care less because I was still crying for that M- whole year when I saw that. Because M- <laughs> MVP was feeding <laughs> with Kane and. his uh, so
1: Arsenal on fire now. Yeah, they,
3: they, they did an Inferno match, which is sadly no longer a thing.
2: Uh, but, MVP's Tunnel, that was a good moment. slightly like they've developed yeah. entrances.
3: Yeah. Uh, just uh, one other moment. Uh, I had, you know, we had. Uh, other moments haven't mentioned we had uh, TLC3 Jericho mm-hmm. and Benoit versus the original tag team TLC competitors E&C, Dudleys and the Hardys uh, we've also got in July 2002 Rey Mysterio's debut mm-hmm. on Smackdown he was quite a a focal point uh, or a focal character for Smackdown back then you look uh, at the
2: sort of the main event of that show where it's uh, Edge and Jericho in a cage match yeah and the people that come to uh, Edge's aid are John Cena who just debuted and went on to be one of his biggest rivals, and Rey Mysterio, who went on to be a big rival with Edge as well. Yep. It's just weird to think that that was like their sort of, not really John Cena's debut, but it was one of his first prominent roles, mm-hmm. and on the night, Edge, uh, Rey Mysterio debuts, and they're in there with Edge and Jericho mm-hmm. in change match, just shows how big the show was. Yeah. Like. Uh, well, um,
3: we'll pick up uh, pick up on that a bit later on when we discuss uh, superstars <laughs> that define the brand. Uh, because I think there's definitely a few we can mention there. But um, just going into this sort of uh, 2010s era of SmackDown, uh, because in 2011 when Triple H had just started out as COO, he actually made an announcement that would end up dissolving the brand extension when he announced Raw Super Show, mm-hmm. where basically it would enable both Raw and SmackDown Superstar to compete on, on either brand. And I think this effectively really sort of killed the whole brand warfare vibe. So what I wanna get from you guys is do you think this raw super show concept do you think having all the superstars on both shows do you think that lack of separation really affected the company as a whole
2: uh, Ross? yeah this was uh, round about august where their ratings start to pick back up again after the post-mania slump and i think they wanted something to hook the viewers into you know through the ba- <coughs> through basketball season and through leading into the football season as well but hiding its mm. they really, like. You think uh, Think of two of the best wrestlers in WWE history, Rey Mysterio Daniel Bryan, and with no brand split being there, they had a match on an episode of Raw and it was announced literally in an interview segment where Kane and Daniel Bryan are doing a squabbling thing and he goes, oh by the way, Daniel, you have a match next, who am I facing? Rey Mysterio and he's already in the ring. So Rey didn't get an entrance, we came back, Bryan didn't have an entrance and this was like, a, we talked about before, how like, Triple H was separate for The Undertaker for many years and that's what made the WrestleMania matches feel special. Mm-hmm. This was like a throwaway thing and no brand extension meant, that at the start of Raw's three, uh, when Raw went three hours, you would five hours of TV to fill a week and you didn't have that big a roster at the time.
6: Yeah, it's, it hindered, the pro- it definitely hindered the development of the product. Less slots meant less spotlight, oh sorry, um, less spotlight for some of the talents, less opportunity and the existing stars overexposure, big style five Mm -hmm. hours a week there's a a lot of TV to film Mm -hmm. especially when you talk about John Cena, John Cena didn't go on Smackdown
4: for how many years was it, four or five years? no, I think it was a long long time, they made a big deal when he did turn up and Mm -hmm. during this time Smackdown was the B show (laughs) because a lot of the big stars weren't going and they were kind of using Right before they tired and Del Real as
2: the big guys for the show, and it just didn't you, work, you didn't have the star power. Do you know, I I love the Usos now, I think they're brilliant, but I think, see, around about this time, because right before this, leading into WrestleMania 28, I was advocating for like for the only proper tag team, they should be tag team champions. And they, along with R Truth, and I believe it was the Shield and the Wyatts, and I started to get sick of them as well, they were the, the Monday Tuesday crew. They would do Raw, and then they would do SmackDown and it was just like gonna give us a buy. it would be like one week or oh, the Wyatts are fighting the Souls next week or oh, the Shield are fighting the so right, yeah and the Shield are fighting the Wyatt you're like doesn't feel special anymore I mean so like you
1: I wasn't mean. to do the U.S.O.S. to champions but by the time 2014 really, and they finally won the titles I did not care and like I like know though we had a bit of a slump in like the late 2000s because I think interest in wrestling was down but at least both shows had a feel like you can only tune into Tuesday or sorry Thursday if you want to see The Undertaker. You can only tune in on Monday if you want to see this guy. But With everybody being on all show, on every show, really, what is there any point in tuning into SmackDown? You could miss SmackDown more than not, and like still tune into Raw and still see the same people. And for a while, they went through a stage of having like maybe a tag match or six man, and uh, like a mid card feud, and then they tend to have that match so they could then have it again on Raw. So like you miss SmackDown. Or you missing it other than a bunch of like raw recaps of what happened on raw. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was
4: poor. Mm-hmm. It really, really was. Mm-hmm. I
2: mean SmackDown was just a fast forward job. You could yeah, skim yeah. through yeah, it it and, what, ten minutes through Sky Plus, ten minutes you fast forward you've yeah. missed nothing. Not even yeah. that. You like back in the day obviously we talked about we used to watch wrestling or One or something. So you'd have the two hour SmackDown and then you'd have lime wire or metal or heat or jacked and that would be your one hour of raw and it cut out like the entrance music and so you always felt when you're growing up or you, oh, you missed something because something always happened in the entrance. See here, the, th- this was the equivalent of the YouTube clips. Yeah. You get on WWE.com yeah. now. And that's really all they were. It was like, oh, look at that. Seth Rollins faced Gey Uso. Well, look, next week, Jimmy was facing Seth Rollins. <laughs> oh, look, Jimmy was facing Dean but Who cares? I'm actually surprised. Jimmy Uso. <laughs> it was poor matches, poor bookings,
4: but yet SmackDown always seemed to sell out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now where it's getting proper bookings, with mm-hmm. some decent feuds, really good talent, they can't sell it in the arena. Yeah, I that's kind of weird.
2: I think you know, it, I think what that might have to do with obviously the explosion of New Japan Ring of Honor, yeah, independent yeah. wrestling. But it's also the fact that 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 didn't happen overnight. That happened during this time. That happened when WWE viewers didn't have to watch five hours of WWE; they only had to watch three.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: So during. The spare two of they were going elsewhere. They were looking at Impact and Ring of Honor, New Japan, looking at on the indie scene. And now they'd much rather go to like an indie show where they can get different matches. Whereas to the SmackDown, they feel maybe that the trust isn't there. Like you know, you, you buy SmackDown tickets two or three months in advance. What if you had a brand split? You know, ticket bought, and then all of a sudden, oh by the way, the brand splits over, and uh, these guys will not be appearing. You, know, you feel burned, mm-hmm. the yeah. trust isn't there.
3: Yeah, there's. Um, I think ha- if that went on for about five years or so and it did get to a stage where booking was getting repetitive and you would mm-hmm. be seeing the same matches and Smackdown was essentially treated just like as a, as a clip show or a recap show.
2: Well I think the the best example of that was when they got The Rock to return in a more full time role in 2013, mm-hmm. they started having an appeal on Smackdown. They started having uh, Brock Lesnar around uh, about the time of 2015-16 was appearing on Smackdown as well to try it and it was like, like Alan says, like they made a big deal with John Cena, it wasn't, it wasn't like uh oh John Cena will be in action, it's just John Cena is here, that's how little we care about the show, he's not here every week.
3: Yeah, he's not going to say like John Cena's having a match against
2: yeah. this big name, you know, he's just saying he's going to be there. Yeah, and, and he, even still, like, people love The Rock, people The Rock. Spike ratings yeah. when he came back in twenty thirteen he couldn't do it for SmackDown. I
3: think it's just lack of competition, you know, amongst other promotions. I think that's what enabled WWE to get away with this sort of lazy book in yeah. a bit. Yeah. But all all they had to do was just announce a big name and hope that it would sell tickets. And I think that's the the image they gave themselves. But um but yeah the brand dissolving lasted until about twenty sixteen where they, Stephanie and Shane McMahon introduced the, the new era, as it were, with the twenty sixteen draft where Rod Smackdown became brand exclusive shows again each had their own unique roster they had their own exclusive pay-per-views Alan I'll start with you on this one do you think this was a much needed revitalisation for
4: WWE? Absolutely absolutely Smackdown is too big a show now and even back then to not have a full-time roster full-time GM uh, full-time commissioner to run and you can see now it's paying dividends Um, I'd pretty much say Smackdown's been the best show Mm -hmm. pretty much since they did it
6: yeah I I agree. I I think it was a breath of fresh air. I really liked the it's the brand exclusive pay per viewers. I don't like I think I made my views on Backlash like the abomination of the Backlash mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, what this year yeah. yeah this one's just gone
2: so but I, you got the best of all World uh, I, I don't think I did
6: <laughs> 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 um, so I thought it was a breath of fresh air um, really enjoyed the split they had and the interest that came then the superstar shake up I ruined it all disagree a wee bit where we said it's the better show. I think there was a period where it dipped and it's now got better Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh. oh yeah!
4: Don't even get me started on gender. Bahal, we'll be here no, all night. I thought, oh. I thought it was the gender thing
2: was alright, but they gave him the title too long. I think, do to do you us. know what the thing was as well? They had him beat Randy Orton, and then they should have had... Randy Orton's a top star, when I mean, you turn them here, as we've seen now, you can be sadistic. You know, the Hell in a Cell match was great, the feud with Jeff Hardy's been a bit hit and miss, but the matches have been great. Did um, you see what he did to Jeff Hardy? <laughs> he fingered his ear hole. Whatever you phrase that there other day. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. There right, you go, first thing there goes, <laughs> smack <laughs> down. <laughs> finger up that's getting
3: worse. He
2: no, so just, just pushed Jeff onto oh the fist. <laughs> anyway. Oh my god. Moving, getting this train right back on track. <laughs> that's uh, what happens when there's no women. <laughs> it's just all guys, it just right. goes downhill. I know, but it's generally the liquor mothers, the native directors, <laughs> probably. Too, too many McClough's, I think, is the problem. Yeah, Ross, <laughs> fuck <yeah, laughs> <you're all> <laughs> off, it's down <laughs> when you right But, <laughs> uh. <laughs> I fucking forgot my original point. I, uh, the draft originally was only due to the fact, I don't know if you remember, when Mauro Nalo first came in. He came in on the January, February, around about mm-hmm. two, uh, that, 2016. Yeah. And uh, SmackDown was moving to Thursday nights again on the USA Network, and it was the USA Network that basically said to them, we are not getting value for money. We want something to draw people in, and that's why they eventually announced in the May, right, we're going Superstar Shake-Up, and we were talking about how stale it was, if the network's turning around and going, listen, something needs to change, you know, that's, I think that's why SmackDown was so good at the start. Why you had the WWE title, why you had Dean Ambrose, who was champion, you had AJ Styles, not an up and comer because you know, he's been gone about for years, but in the eyes of WWE, he was an up and comer because it was his first year in the company. You got Big Match John on the show, you got The Wise, you had established stars like Kane and Randy Orton. And I think that made things so much better, but we're talking about how it took a dip. Jinder Mahal got the got the title. They should have moved Randy Orton as a heel and a feud with somebody else, and then AJ Styles shooting with someone else, and then you could have had different people up and comers. While Jinder's an up and comer, have another up and comer and then you build two stars at the same time. But at this point, Jinder Mahal's title reign really felt like. SmackDown fast forward again. We did yeah. have that with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, out though. Oh. I mean, he was
6: still a bit of up and cover oh, on SmackDown. That just the air out the balloon there, didn't oh. it? Right. Yeah, we, it? just destroyed Shinsuke's run. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I like really it. think. I remember when I heard this, my instant thought was, "Oh, good, SmackDown will be watchable again." Because when you look at 2016, we think of it as much as it was a shit year of like people dying all the time, like all these celebrities. <laughs> yeah, wrestling-wise in WWE, the quality I think was actually really good. It Was one of the better years. Especially the latter half and it really picked up when Smackdown started to take off on its own. And like they had Survivor Series, they started the Brand Warfare, I think Survivor Series 2016 is possibly one of the best Survivor Series they've ever done because like we like, they paid attention to all the, the other three big fours but in the last latter few years Survivor Series really took a hit and no one cared.
3: Yeah, no you make up a good point how they had the Brand Warfare Survivor Series, I think the last few mm-hmm. have been fantastic but yeah. yeah. Um, just with the, moving on to the next, the sort of the final sort of section before we rerun things up, um, we obviously had a roundtable discussion about what some of our favourite moments were, but I think SmackDown was truly defined by the stars that were on, on it. Like sometimes, you know, you get to say the show makes the superstar, but I think in this case there are some superstars that make the show. So I'm just going to go around each of you and I'd like you to pick uh, either one or even just a, a couple of people who you think, for you guys, made SmackDown the must show. What? Show to watch. So, Alan, uh, I'll, I'll start with you on this one. Who do you think defines SmackDown as the top show?
4: If I'm actively just now or just in
3: general, anybody, like even
4: exception. Uh, after a few uh, Rock, Edge, AJ, Nakamura. Just going to name it. Yeah, Obviously, last one, Taker. You think Taker? Yeah, because as he said, you no, know, when the Bree broke, up the branch split back in and they're off you need to have. he came back and he's like this is my show it's my yard don't come back if you don't get the job done sort of yeah. thing so yeah. i going to have it wrong I know I know it's <laughs> well, tasteless but yeah <laughs> <back>. <laughs> in
3: this few years he's sort of more of a free agent now isn't he oh mm-hmm.
4: uh, yeah the dope drunk scene I'm going to have it it's fine uh, yeah. Yeah. Gary
6: Edge I thought Edge was brilliant mm. and the
2: spotlight that this gave him mm. yeah Edge is Edge the man Ross Remus to you Rey Mysterio when he went to Raw, he went to Raw twice. Yeah. And each time it was just so bad. Uh-huh. Like the 2000, like we all cl- we all wanted Mask came back and then we got it teasing a feud with Rey Mysterio. That that is one thing as well. Rey Mysterio came, it's never been really <laughs> a great feud. Two great wrestlers together never. Really. But um Rey Mysterio was always a a focal point of it and as much as Alan hates him now, at the time he was great, 2002-2004 Brock Lesnar. No.
3: Right. no.
2: Oh, I I thought you were meaning Ray as well. Yeah, 2002, 2004, Brock Lesnar was amazing. His feuds with Big Show. his feuds with Rey Mysterio as well. He had good feuds with him as well. He mm-hmm. had great feuds with Eddie Guerrero. That's another one we could point out. And... Ray Eddie was probably one of my favourites. Yeah. yeah. So, I think, and the uh, last one i as seen is Alan mentioned, everybody else, Batista. Aye, uh, yeah, had a lot of good names floating
3: already. Scott, who was yeah.
1: uh, yeah. your favourite? Yeah, can I think of an honourable mention to the Undertaker, because it's weird, the initial draft in O2, he was drafted out and by the end of the year he's already on SmackDown and he would stay there for until 2017 where he buggered over where was, I said. <laughs> 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 but, uh, I think a couple, other, couple, one being Kurt Angle, because like we Ross mentioned Lesnar, the Angle Lesnar food flight 03, that carried SmackDown, they carried that on that feud, and uh, weirdly 'cause um, I think when I think of the early SmackDown when I started watching it, I think of him, uh, John Cena. He was the up and cover and U- he was the US champion, he was a doctor of thug and always, And once he got the bell he was he and he got moved over to raw and he still got moved over to SmackDown. as I said, that's when it started to feel like the B show. And like today, like you can see, like just about anybody on SmackDown now Miz, Joe, these are guys that can carry that show and they're what making it good trying mm-hmm.
2: uh, um, Sorry, Ross, yeah? Sorry, before we go to Quaku's pick so I can I just point something quickly out. Yeah. Do you know when you realised SmackDown was a show? It would always be when there was a Battle Royal. Oh, yeah. Because like, Raw would have like, a stacked Battle Royal. You're like, oh my god, Kane, Randy Orton, Ric Flair, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Benjamin could win this. And then you go up to it and it was just like, uh, Batista, Kane, and Great Kelly are going to be the final three. Oh, look, the final three is Batista, Kane, and Great Kelly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the rest were just sort of like mid to the lower cards, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. But it's just to fill
5: gaps. Uh, Quacker, who do you think would uh, define the brand? on paper right i would say, yeah i'm gonna say someone that you all haven't mentioned that is jbl
2: yeah mm-hmm. wrestling god michael's mm-hmm. michael 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 think
5: right, he was the longest reigning WWE champion in smackdown at that time overtaken by aj styles thank yes. you david season at that, at that uh, time yeah <laughs>
1: um, and
5: then he eventually became commentator and one mm. of the lead commentators of SmackDown. So he's kind of been always on the like the vocal point of um, um SmackDown. But if the other one I'm going to say is quite weird, and I'm going to say it, is Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. And it's because, yeah, he made this name on Raw when he was on Evolution, but as soon as he broke away, then he came onto SmackDown, and then the whole thing of like, the Undertaker streak and everything came apparent yeah. when it was his great rivalry and stuff like that. So, oh Ross, are you going to rebuttal me? <laughs> no, 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 I'm actually
2: going to mention someone I'm surprised we didn't mention, and he always got his big chance on SmackDown, Mark Henry. Mark Henry,
1: yeah, yeah. actually, yeah, not even not even old one, old the
2: title. The one the one before that, uh, where he was feuding with Undertaker at WrestleMania when he took out Batista and all that, He's was feuding with Kurt Angle as well, feuding with Kurt Angle as well for the world title. That, that Mark Henry as well, he was, but I mean, that was always when Mark Henry got shot. I like, uh, following with
1: I guess, like, Horns Food with Christian Topic feeds the carrier brand, like, in 2011, SmackDown was really firmly admissible show, but they too over the world title made that belt feel important mm. and it made the
3: thing watchable for a while. Uh, Alan, you got any, any more we think we've got time for maybe a couple more from each year?
4: So many to mentioned, I mean you've kinda of mentioned a lot of them already. Um I think they mentioned Kane. Yeah, I think you said Kane
3: before yeah. I like think
6: probably worth giving AJ Styles a shout out. Yeah. 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 And yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the Garth that AJ Styles <laughs> now <don't. laughs>
3: Oh, I thought you were saying something that rhymes with Gav. Uh, Gav. <laughs> you
2: could always. This is the Garth that is near you, you can swing it around, who's been the worst gaff. person on SmackDown. Okay,
3: let's do that then. Who do you think is the worst person okay, on SmackDown? Jack, Jack yeah. Swagger. Jack Swagger,
2: yeah. Oof. Awful. I'll take your Jack Swagger and I'll raise your agenda gym to Jack Swagger. Thank you, awesome. Ross, yes.
4: <laughs> Natalia. Ouch. Gary, anybody you. Oh
6: God, I'm sorry Like on yes? Smackdown? Mojo Yeah, oh, Mojo Mojo wrong yeah,
2: job.
6: Yeah, He's no, the jobby, jobby jobber
2: oh,
6: <laughs> yeah, Shut up. There's a few things to Smackdown that, uh, are, are talents that got wasted in Smackdown Remember yeah. the Ultimate Dragon coming into Smackdown mm-hmm. Much fanfare And then th- three weeks later He was yeah. losing in the US
2: oh. title tournament In the first round Do you know who for the new era Has been the most wasted talent on Smackdown? American Alpha Oh. Because the original plan was to hold off on them and have them win the titles at WrestleMania, and you see that that year's WrestleMania it was two weeks before. Uso's was beat them on SmackDown, and then all four of them on the Battle Royal, and then if the new match two weeks later, I'd say I've been disappointed with Sanity's run on SmackDown so far mm-hmm. as well. I, I think that's sort of the like you, you've seen how good the right squad are now on Raw, but when. They first came in, it was Absolution. Absolution We're getting the push on Raw. It's, it's sort of the Smackdown thing. Like, if Vince isn't all in on you, you're on Smackdown. don't no. know if it's
1: the same, because Absolution lost their push when they didn't know what to do with them, because Paige couldn't wrestle. So like, we don't know what to do with just two of you. We kind of had invested on all three of you. <laughs>
2: they
4: don't <laughs> fall from grace. Look at the bar. Oh, God. That's oh, a fall from grace.
2: That, do you know what the problem with this is, is though, as well? It's because Raw is three hours and Smackdown is two, and it's not even the fact that and in fact, technically Raw is five worlds, because Raw gets main event, so if you're not featured on Raw, you're still on TV, and the Cruiserweights are technically the Raw battle. Mm, so yeah. They, yeah. those guys get 205 Live as well, and Smackdown literally is only, it's it's the two on TV, and that's it. A big part of the botch is the Superstar Shake-Up that they had, the, the
6: mm-hmm. people move shows, the bar. There was no plans put in place, and mm-hmm. people were called up from NXT, and then nothing happened with them. Authors mm-hmm. of pain on the raw, for example, mm-hmm. as well as insanity. Insanity. Does not make any sense that you've got this group that's going to cause chaos and carnage? And they're going to appear a week on
2: Tuesday. Yeah. I know, surely like yeah, that term- That's the exact opposite of chaos, yeah. that's order. We'll tell <laughs> control the fun. Yeah, <laughs> Hello, this is the chaos. Uh, could I book uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe segment three no, on really Tuesday? In 2017
1: <laughs> when the madam was almost unwatchable again because of Tinder. No, who really got their shot and made it watchable? Fashion Police. Fashion. Yeah, yeah because no, they didn't have. They need to needed a place. All their tag feed. Let's give them a thing, and then that's how the
4: fashion file started, and they kept it going. I'm off the ascension in
2: that. Yeah, front. Of a broad. Someone yeah. as well who took advantage of brand this this time round. Heath Slater. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, I he, love that he, story. he really uh, got a good feel good oh, story out of it, didn't he? I think they they jumped the gun too soon. I think they should have had maybe the Usos beat them where Heath Slater's feet was on the ropes, and then have Daniel and Shane go. Right, he get one last chance. Maybe, like, have him help Team SmackDown win. But, like, in a fluke way, like, he gets knocked out. Yeah, he's, he's, he's one of the two guys remaining.
6: Yeah, Heath Slater and Rhino mm-hmm. were, I love them as a team. The beauty, I remember Lucy killing herself laughing, hearing about mm. uh, Maro refer to Beauty and the Man Beast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, as, I, I, uh,
1: something that was meant to happen with Heath, like the, the SummerSlam covers during the we won Slater because he was so over because of that story. Apparently, when I mean, you were saying James Elworth there's was going to be a thing where he would sh- he would show up at SummerSlam begging for another opportunity, and Daniel went, "All right, I'll find you an opponent. And if you beat him, you get a contract." And it was going to be James Ellsworth as the opponent, but James Ellsworth would turn around and, and get a surprise roll, and Ellsworth would get the contract, and obviously go into his with ages. Mm-hmm.
2: Sorry, something. <laughs> yeah, you it's Something I just realised, and I had to Google it to double check that it was on SmackDown. It's an iconic SmackDown moment, and <laughs> it's possibly one of the funniest. It's William Regal fighting the Big Show, oh, and he yeah. gets the brass knucks out and punches Big Show in the face. And Big Show, <laughs> Regal's kind of on the deck, half and half. Big Show hits the ropes and falls so yes. on like an oak tree. And as the pins going on, Regal's flailing his leg like, like ah, <laughs> that I get off. Yeah. No, I remember that. I was. Body, yeah, hilarious. imagine
1: being in his position seeing the big show come. Must be like the boulder from Indiana Jones coming down <laughs> yeah. on you. You're like, well, at least I got my fears in order. There's a game of
3: that
6: rocking around just now, which is hilarious. Oh,
2: that, that's how I remember that. actually like had to Google it just there.
3: See, I don't know if this was actually exclusively SmackDown, but I think one guy that really helped SmackDown out, because he was kind of drafted over to it in 2010, I think it was, Cody Rhodes. Yes. Yes. Oh. yes. I think he was a bitch. Dash. Dashing Dash
6: Cody. Dashing uh, Cody. Disfigured Cody. Oh, that's
2: Cody. That uh, yeah. I, I think in- he Maro
6: he, came on. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. But Maro as well. Um, mm. When he came to commentate, But he was—he you know,
4: kind of became the unofficial voice of WWE. Yeah. He
6: replaced Michael Cole, my thing. So you can't wa- not watch a ma- match with him commentating, He's just—he's he, having a great time. Yeah. yeah. So,
2: something as well I will note about around about 2010, 2011, and 2016 before the original brand spotman when Gender came over. Um. Smackdown seemed to be a place where young up and comers would get the chance, but also like we mentioned Mark Henry earlier, we mentioned Christian, older guys would eventually get that big rub, Booker T, mm-hmm. King Booker yeah, was a stable. Mark, King Booker, yeah. And Matt Hardy as well I think, Matt Hardy's always been great on Smackdown.
1: Well you can attribute that to like I said, Paul Heyman, because that's what he wanted to do and push the guys that wouldn't always get pushed. I think that's why it was always good when Brian got brought on as GM, because essentially he was that mindset as GM, he wanted the guys wouldn't always get pushed to get their shot because he liked them, he was like that guy who all people would think of as the main eventer and he got an opportunity he wanted to give other people an opportunity that he couldn't get anymore because he was retired for them.
3: Yeah, so uh, going, uh, looking ahead now uh, towards Smackdown 1000 which is taking place in a couple of weeks Uh, But as we've seen in the past with all these sort of big milestone shows like Raw 25, Raw 1000, uh, like 15th anniversary shows, that kind of thing, Uh, for Smackdown 1000, looking ahead, do you think this is the possibility for them to pull off something big, or do you think it's just going to be another nostalgia trip? Uh, Ross, we'll start with you.
2: Well, something that's been going around at the minute, and it does make sense when you look at the card for Super Showdown which we will be live tweeting on, at Suplex Retweet this mm. Saturday from 7 o'clock onwards. Um, <laughs> at Suplex Retweet. At Suplex Retweet. Uh, Raw 1000, Miz wins a title. Raw 25, Miz wins a title. This Saturday, Miz is in a number one contenders match. And Smackdown 1000 might need a world title match. Mm. So could there... Could there I have, would love this. see that. that. would be amazing. I think that, uh, this is when he should be championed. 27 was... Far too early and I think as much as I love the rock it was sort of let's find someone to fight John Cena that will not take the shine off the rock. Some of the fans do not care about. Yeah. Right now the Miz comes out, gets cheered, and instantly he is almost like the Rock but he can control the crowd in the family's hands and then instantly you hate him. Yeah. I would like to think that something exciting
6: will happen at it, but I fear It'll be another nostalgia shot a, a, and a, a, a continuation of stories. The nostalgia's is not a bad thing, is it? it you know, but you, you do like something that will give us the next chapter. I think it'll be a bit of a um, continuation of existing storylines plus mm-hmm. some of the mm-hmm. nostalgia stuff. Yeah, totally gravy. I totally
4: agree. I kind of hope they learn from Roll 1000 because it didn't deliver. You got the nostalgia started with DX and then it just fell and never came back. They'd learn from the lesson, build on it and I think you know, it could be a brilliant show, you can get a bit of nostalgia
1: and still have an incredible show. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Smackdown that that's happening on it is the Go Home Smackdown for Evolution, is it not? I believe so, so, yeah. yeah. I think it's going like, to be like, Raw 25 was the Go Home Raw for... I think by the time that comes around, the main storylines are going to have... Oh wait, no, no, it's the week before is a Evolution, challenge. yeah. Because, like I say, like, the main storylines are going be pretty much already set up, and also now you've got a week after that, so... As long as the main storylines, main like when story lights are going to be future on evolution get a mention, get their time, mm-hmm. then you can have the nostalgia and mm-hmm. like nostalgia is really not going to hurt anybody. Like people are going to tune in, there are going to be people who don't usually watch who going to say, Well did they just coming back for the show?" Because evolution's
2: making an appearance. Yeah. Do you know something that could work as well? Actually, considering our character, we're not shoulder at the minute the current Smackdown Women's Champion Becky Lynch Stephen yeah. will be worshipping her while he's <laughs> on holiday still <laughs> It doesn't, Stephen's hiding from the sun right now Christ's <laughs> in fact He's just hiding, from, him, yes, uh, hiding um, in the worshipping He not be smiling pictures
3: either He'll have his little strides set up in the shade you know, and just be, be like <laughs> Queen Becky, down, Queen like Becky and
2: <laughs> 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 But um, what I think would be good if maybe an older female wrestler that can go in the ring anymore or maybe someone who won't be on the show maybe get taken out by Becky and Becky saying, you know, the nostalgia, you know, isn't good for us, blah, 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 you know, she'll word it a lot better than I can, <laughs> but you know, she'll take out someone. The nostalgia yeah. is disgusting. <laughs> what castle. is that? Oh, yeah, that sounded like a job day that lived in London for a year, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, Becky taking someone out, I think could be good as well, because Scott says, we are in the lead up to evolution, Evolution has been built a lot on nostalgia at the minute I think nostalgia is good when you can build the current crop on it oh,
1: I have Evolution backstage and the people go the see and then you have Ric Flair turn around and Becky's there and says like, just like confronts him and have your like slaps him and went, give this to Charlotte for me and like slaps him in the face Yes and <laughs> That's I mean, a good joke Like that's for that kiss at Royal Rumble 2016
3: you dirty old bastard <laughs> 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 Oh that's <was> horrifying that <laughs> It was, how you I Becky felt? I know. Flair down on <laughs> Uh, anyway, but um, but that's uh, that's our thoughts going into SmackDown 1000. Uh, SmackDown is set uh, to debut on the Fox network as well as part of the new deal in October 2019. Hopefully, things will start to change around because there has been rumours floating around that it's going to be considered more as the A show now ahead of Raw. Do you think?
4: Just very quickly, guys. Do you think that's going to be the case? Yes or no? I hope so because it's supposed to be only three hours. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's going to be a talent on it as well. So I hope so. In my opinion. Gary. No, I
6: don't think so because. Raw's still the most lucrative contract WWE has. Fox, uh, it's the Fox contract isn't far off it, but the USA network would be quite right to be saying to
2: WWE, we're paying you more money we expect mm-hmm. we, on it. I agree with Gary 100%. I think it won't become the issue. I think they will. I think the reason they got the big stars at the minute, SmackDown, was to sell the f- Fox deal. Like, look who we've got on the show. I think you'll see in the new year a lot of people, big stars as we were talking, the bar and sanity are wasted and SmackDown because there's nothing to do I think you'll see them slowly creep back maybe, not even on the Superstar Shake-Up just unannounced, like, maybe some tag tournaments or something like that maybe, yeah. I, I hope that Alan, that rumour you heard about the three hours thing is wrong because I can't, can't take six well, hours stuff, WWE I week. think something, <laughs> something that will make it a lot better though, for a lot of fans is that it's not going to be a Monday Tuesday anymore because it's like if I miss Raw on a Monday and if I'm doing the show on the Tuesday, I will miss SmackDown. It's five hours of wrestling I need to catch up on. And mm. after, you know, as much as we enjoy talking wrestling after the tournament for a know you might go home and do something else.
3: Yeah.
2: So, and we're moving it to Fridays. So, it'll be a case of regular Raw on the Monday. you have get Friday, to, till Friday to watch it. And then a lot of people are off the weekends or at least get one weekend day off. By the way, video SmackDown it's on a Friday night. You can catch as much as you like, you know. Hopefully, that's a lot easier than the rest of yeah uh,
1: Sadly, I don't think it will be, but I think they'll have a lot more money because of still deal and be able to put a lot more behind it, a lot more effort. and but it might be in the fans' eyes seen as the one show, but in the eyes of Vince and a lot of people
4: higher up in WE, Raw always be the number one show. I've just got one last thing to mention. So, Disney's and the protest of buying Fox, so with Disney technically controlling. SmackDown, mm. I hope it doesn't go too family friendly. Uh, yeah. That's a worry I've got. No. If, if Fox stayed around the same transfer goes through, not keep it as it is, then I think potentially, I hope it'll go on to be the TV show. I don't think it right. will be, but I hope they keep it. I hope it doesn't go too family friendly with Disney.
2: I'll, I'll just say a quick 30 second thing. One of the things they are talking about on Fox is the rumour is they want to sign Kenny Omega the Bucks and Cody Rhodes. And if that happens, we'll talk about it at the time, but that is why they're accepting the big deal, and Fox are keen on funding the move for the four big stars in New Japan, and basically taking uh, the competition.
3: Yeah. Well, again, all interesting thoughts about where SmackDown could go following SmackDown 1000. But yeah, uh, I think this 1000 episode it'll be a definitely be a, a celebratory milestone to look forward to, and you know a lot of great ideas floating around. I think okay. uh, we'll just have to tune in and see what happens. But. Uh, uh, that's going to do it for this week's show uh, thanks to my panel for chipping in on their favourite moments in Smackdown thank you for your fan input as well uh, be sure to follow us uh, on Facebook Twitter and Instagram at Suplex We Tweet and be sure you're subscribed to all good podcasting sites including iTunes Spotify and any good Android podcasting sites Anchor Anchor as well yeah thank you uh, next week, uh, be sure to tune in where Sarah's back in the hosting chair and we're doing wrestling commentators. My God, Michael. my, God. Oh, my uh,
4: man. That man's got a family. He's got a sink. <laughs> <laughs> And
3: in the, the words of good old JR, it's going to be a slobber knocker. Mm-hmm. And, but also, in two weeks' time, it's a, a celebratory milestone for Eat Sleep Suplex tweet as it's our first anniversary show. Yeah!
2: So, make, so make sure you're tuned in for that as well. Let's so to keep like, the uh, sham marriage going. It's
1: like any other anniversary show, the woman will forget and make an effort and the men will make a rush something together at last minute.
3: Yes.
4: Yeah. <laughs> honour's an honour, but bits untwisted. <laughs> so make sure you're tuned in for
3: that. I've been your host, David Hockney. Thank you to my panel, Alan. Cheers mate. Gary. Thanks, David. Ross, Tudor, Scott, Ta-ta. and the MBEB quacko. Thank you. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.
6: Listen, cunts, I don't care what the f*** you think you're doing, whatever you think is more important in your life, you honking bag of d*** tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of eat, sleep, suplex, retweet, whatever the f*** you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now.
0: Chumbacasino.com Jumba. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.